Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Anne Guest. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm Paul Spain, and this is episode number 182. I'm Paddy Buckley. And I'm Bill Bennett. Thank you guys for uh, for coming along. Paddy, uh, well, welcome back. Thanks, Paul. Now, for those who don't know you, remind us where you where you fit into the uh, the technology world in New Zealand at the moment. So I run QuickFlix, which is a uh, streaming TV and movie service uh, available across a w- wide range of internet connected devices. Uh, um, yeah, that's it. We've been going a couple of years, and uh, it's all hotting up in this space at the moment. So uh, exciting times. It certainly is. And Bill. I'm a journalist, general bloke around town in the business. Um, I write about things, um, some of it on my website, some of it in newspapers, some of it elsewhere. Um, you find plenty of my stuff online. All right. Well, let, let's jump straight into uh, into our news bites. Uh, now, first up, TomTom uh, Tom have just launched their new uh, multi-sport uh, cardio uh, GPS watches in New Zealand. Uh, they've got the the uh, sorry their um, their GPS watches in New Zealand. There's the uh, multi sport cardio and the runner cardio. Uh, so um, the multi sport one catering to those that run as well as cycle and swim, uh, and the running one obviously be more uh, more more focused on that. Um, the big change with these ones over their last year's uh, models is that they now um, have the heart rate uh, sensor in them, which we're now starting to see across a broad range of products. Um, but compared to some of the products from the likes of Samsung and so on, um, we're talking about a, a device with, a, um, I guess, a much more graphical display uh, in what's on there. And also you've got a, a GPS that's built into, the, uh, built into the strap as well. So, yeah, quite cool. Um, Apple's talking about launching um, new home, smart home um, products at the Worldwide Developer Conference that's coming up, I think, next week. The, um, that's, t- that's rumor at this stage, isn't it? It's it's kind of rumor, but it's been firmed up. I mean, Apple has told journalists to keep an eye on it. We've had some warnings about what might be worth looking at um, when the timings of the in- keynote speeches and so on. So there's big publicity push coming. The word around the um, the insiders, the people that watch Apple closely, is that this is expected to be quite big. Um, it could be another sort of moving into another industry and a, a redefining of something, which until now, there's been quite a lot of smart home stuff, but it's never really sort of hit its stride um, in much the same way that things like tablets and MP3 players and so on didn't hit their stride until the Cupertino kids kicked in. Very interesting. Well, we'll certainly be watching that one very closely. Um, now, New Zealand uh, software firm uh, GenTrack uh, to uh, to list on the uh, New Zealand and Aust- Australian uh, stock exchanges. And um, Telecom and Vodafone are getting into a real competitive scene, some real competitive scene going on the state of 4G. Um, earlier in the week, Telecom talked about carrier aggregation, which is basically a way of linking two channels um, you need special devices for this which aren't yet in the country but if you had all that um, working you could probably get well in theory you can get 300 megabits per second on a mobile connection which of course is faster than you'd get from any UFB connection at the moment um, overseas overseas experience says that you don't really get those theoretical speeds but you might you might easily see 100 megabits per second on uh, carrier aggregation with telecom um, Vodafone, um, the day following, Vodafone put out a press release basically talking about how they're uh, ramping up speeds and ramping up things with their 4G network as well. And in effect, their their um, press release says, well, we've got plenty of speed um, possible on our network too. But it's interesting that they're actually starting to really compete on these things because there's been a lot of competition in that area overseas. Um, I think it was last year that Telstra... Um, demonstrated that they could get 450 megabits per second with carrier aggregation on their network. Um, if you're wondering about the numbers, that's because Telstra combined three channels, whereas Telecom only combines two. Um, but it seems to be you know, a hot new battleground and um, very, very fast. There's only six sites in um, 
test sites in Auckland at the moment, so it's not something you're all going to be using very very soon. But um, the telecom people say you can download an entire movie, probably not legally, but you could download an entire movie in less than a minute. So the potential is for some pretty fast um, mobile data. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely some some good speeds. Uh, now, a couple of other interesting uh, bits that have that have come through uh, t- today uh, on the Australian side. We're hearing reports that uh, Netflix. Uh, this is coming through Australian media. Uh, Netflix is likely to land in New Zealand and Australia with uh, with local offerings uh, sometime in uh, twenty fifteen um, and. Yeah, so there's some there's some comments there about that landing as soon as uh, the first quarter. So um, who knows? We've been hearing rumours of this uh, the arrival of of Netflix for some time. So well, there's been a lot of chat about Netflix this week online, of course, with um, people not being able to get get the service. So yeah, there's been uh, been some issues in, in New Zealand, haven't there? And um, those have mostly been worked out due to some sort of Netflix changes. And I guess that's a challenge with trying to access a service that's not actually uh, officially designed to be available here. There's hoops you've got to jump through, and sometimes those uh, um, hoops need need to move for it to uh, to continue to work. So yeah, we've we've seen a bit of that. I've missed most of it because I've been away. So uh, just watch the little. Uh, Comments from from people uh, floating uh, back, backwards and forwards. Um, now, also on the Australian uh, side, we've seen uh, the Google's Chromecast uh, product, which is a dongle that plugs into your TV. Uh, that's launched in Australia today. Uh, and interestingly, as I was looking up some information around that, I saw some interesting comments from... Um, uh, the QuickFlix founder. Now, this is the Australian founder, not you, Paddy. No, he's my boss. Um, and he was hinting at uh, uh, QuickFlix landing on Chromecast and on Apple TV this year. So we're going to hit you up with some questions around um, around that shortly, particularly with Chromecast having... Uh, sure. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so Chromecast has is, is just launched officially in Australia, I think 50 Australian dollars. Uh, so quite a cool, uh, cool little product. So we'll be following that one to see what happens as far as uh, New Zealand's concerned. Uh, but of course, with it being available in Australia, um, it makes it just that much easier to uh, to get hold of for uh, for Kiwis. It's not entirely clear whether Google thinks we're a separate country from Australia either. So. <laughs> Well, that's true. Now, Bill, you wrote a story uh, th- this week around. Um, Oh. Google and their um, quasi New Zealandness from um, from the other the other um, shores, the shores yeah. of Australia. Um, uh, tell just, us about that. It was just something that I observed that I was looking for some information on the Google, the so-called Google New Zealand blog, and I dug around and I realised that none of the stories or none of the stories that are near the top of that blog were actually written in New Zealand. And digging a little further, I found that it's pretty much all done out of Sydney. Which is, you know, fair enough. But why call it a New Zealand blog when it's 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 not a New Zealand blog? It's not even a blog, really, because you can't you can't talk back. Which, of course, is you know, many people think is a, a determining something that determines whether something is a blog and not a piece of broadcasting. There's no way to put some yeah uh, you know, comments at the bottom like you could on a no, Microsoft no. blog post. No, or... you can't even link to Google Plus. Not that anyone does anymore. But, <laughs> No, there's nothing. It's, yeah, that's interesting, isn't yeah. it? It's quite some time since I've I've noticed uh, much in terms of sort of Google, um, you know, blog type, uh, you know, information shared. So they've got a local, so-called local New Zealand blog, but uh, it's not really. I mean, it's it, to be fair to Google, it's um, it's really just a sort of information service, but it's you know it. They could just be a little bit more upfront about the fact that they're not really here. I mean, there are some Google people in the country. Um, there's an office here, but it's it's a sales office effectively, and uh, there's a bit of there's someone who does lobbying in Wellington. But that's that's pretty much it. Um, I just think it's I just think it's a little bit it's just a little bit dishonest. I mean, this is supposed to be this wonderfully transparent company, and you know, but we they're they're getting on their high horse about the European ruling about uh, blotting out people's pasts and so on. Um, but they're not very open and transparent about themselves. <laughs> it's just a bit weird. Interesting. Well, yeah, I, I, they're certainly not the only uh, company to have a, 
New Zealand yeah presence but without uh, without really uh, you know yeah. a, a real localness to what they do but uh, I, I think funnily enough when, when you're a small country like us it's actually more important to be honest about these things than less because it's so easy to be caught out mm, mm. yep all right now um, other other topics I want actually I want to jump back to talk about um, quick flicks Patty since you're here sure what um, what can you share with us around um, you know new things new in, in the world of uh, of quick flicks obviously sure. you know Chromecast having just landed in Australia and your your founder having made some uh, some comments around uh, Chromecast in the Australian media recently what what will that mean for uh, uh, for quick flicks well there's there's not a, a a massive amount that I can I can say about uh, about it all but uh, because um, you know it's an Australian thing uh, Chromecast has launched in Australia today I don't I, I'm not really able to elaborate on uh, Chromecast plans for New Zealand because I don't know what they are however um, what is clear is that there's a um, parallel importing is a, is a big thing in NZ uh, and now that you will have in Australia um, Chromecast with uh, an, a New Zealand plug in the box uh, that's quite a big thing because that means that they can now be parallel imported and obviously you have many more Kiwis traveling over to Oz than traveling to, uh, you know, the States or wherever else. So you're going to see an awful lot of Chrome podcasts coming into the country. So, so that much is, is true. Now from there, what's the difference between a Chromecast being in the country and actually, you know, a, an official launch from Google? Uh, the answer is really just a number of sort of localized applications. Uh, so, you know, local apps that would be optimized for Chromecast that will enable you to, you know, get them up on your, uh, iOS or Android device and, and, you know, cast to your, to your main screen. Um, what I can share with you as well, though, is, uh, is that the, so QuickFlix, we've announced that we will be, uh, shortly available, um, not available on Chromecast. That's not, I don't think that's quite the right terminology. We will be, we'll have sort of exactly compatible with Chromecast. Yep. And now our iOS and Android apps that, uh, will be updated, they serve both Australia and New Zealand. So that does mean that they will work in New Zealand. So QuickFlix New Zealand will work on, uh, the Chromecast, uh, or in conjunction with, the Chromecast um, before before very long, so that's really exciting. That's great. That's yep. uh, that's that's really good to hear. And uh, you've also just uh, just launched. I think we mentioned on the podcast last week. You've launched on uh, Xbox One, haven't Correct. you? Correct. Yep. Yep. Which is re- re- really you know that's a big thing for us. Uh, it's another step in terms of our sort of you know world domination in New Zealand, or maybe we can just say in our uh, uh, you know device coverage, it's important to be across uh, you know all major connected devices. And Xbox, of course, Xbox One is a you know one of the absolute major major consoles uh, of you know recent yeah, times. Yeah, so you're so. there on PlayStation. Yeah, and, we're on and, Xbox and, One. And so on. What TVs are you on? Because you, you more and more uh, we're seeing your apps pop up on on smart TVs, and we've got the new 65 inch uh, curved LED TV next door that Samsung have just yeah. dropped off for yeah. us to have a play with. We're waiting for that while it does its um, it's very nice. It's, it's firmware uh, update. So well, when it finishes updating, you'll find that the QuickFlix app will be right there waiting for you. Okay. Uh, so the answer is that we're on Samsung, Panasonic, LG and Sony. Uh, so all the major smart TV brands. Um, you know, the key point for us in terms of sort of uh, device strategy is that you really want to be everywhere where people will find you and you start at the top and you work your way down. And that's, you know, there's, there's a real interest in mobile and smartphones and tablets and so on. That's really important. And Windows 8, let's not forget we're on, we're on Windows 8 as well um, on the tablet side. But, but, you know, I think, I think main screen remains where the action is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can kind of have the best of both worlds where, you know, an on-demand service like ours, you can actually stream three things at the same time. So you can be watching on your main screen and then you can actually uh, have someone else on the iPad in the bedroom or the games console in the other room or, you know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. So you can, yeah, yeah. it's and that your, flexibility. Now, right, your uh, subscription price is just... Um, we've just dropped it today, actually. So, yes. yeah, we've just come down from fourteen ninety nine to twelve ninety nine. Okay, so that uh, should make it a little bit easy for people to jump on board. Yeah. Now, in the past, the criticisms of that subscription have been around... Um, the amount of content you've got, mm-hmm. and also that it was it was previously all sort of low low def. There was nothing in high def. That's so been, the, been improving over yeah, time. Absolutely, it has. So we're we've we've been refreshing our content and doing new deals and as quickly as we can. Um, we've got some new deals we'll be announcing in the next few weeks, which are really exciting. 
some local stuff and some international stuff and you know that's all really good okay um, so you're not going backwards or anything no 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 we're going for <laughs> <laughs> just just checking. yeah yeah no so no we're we're growing we're growing well and um uh, look it's an exciting time we've we've we recently launched our latest tv product as well so that's pay-per-view tv episodes we have new release movies on pay-per-view and just to clarify the, the reason that these are on pay-per-view is because we uh, studios won't license you know new release stuff to you and on any other basis than, than pay-per-view. Right. So you have the subscription back catalogue. That's the twelve ninety nine a month. And then you can top it up with, you know, pay-per-view stuff as well. Hmm. So I think we've got all bases covered. Um, and we're always looking to do better and work harder and, you know, just, just be as good as we can be. Good, good. Well, uh, you know, of course, you know, we've we've just heard again that uh, you know Netflix is is coming. Yeah, and um, they've been coming. Just to be clear, they've been coming since before we launched. <laughs> sure, uh, that's sure. Two and a half years ago. Any, but we we like the idea of competition. I yeah, know that's it'll fine. Make, I, it'll look, I'm, I'm, it'll I'm, make things harder. Harder. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got you the, the the you know. I guess you've got to slice and dice up the market between uh, more players. But I yeah. think uh, you know, ultimately. Uh, from you know my perspective as a consumer, looking looking forward to the competition. But yeah, it's certainly good to see you guys aren't you know entirely standing still just, or anything just, either. Yeah, just, no, just just one more point. I look, I welcome competition too. I'm a pro consumer guy, and and you know competition is good. Um, the one the one myth that is out there though about about Netflix coming here is that they would be able to rock up to New Zealand and suddenly the whole of their US catalogue would be available. Uh, you know that would be the local service, which is absolute nonsense. Uh, you know, each country is different in terms of the the rights that are available in that country. So and, it's like iTunes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so uh, you know, the Netflix New Zealand catalog, if there were to be such a thing, would would be nothing like the Netflix US catalog. Um, and you know, people just assume that if they were to come here, well, all it would mean is they wouldn't have to use a VPN or a proxy or you know sure, whatever. Sure, sure. So, it'll be it'll be a different a different product yeah, to the US yeah. product. And uh, you know, of course, uh, Telecom are working on on their product as well. So yeah. there's lots going in and on in this space. Yeah, there really is. And look, I think the rest of this calendar year will you know we'll, we'll, they'll see well you know we'll see things hotting up. I think that Telecom won't be the only guys to to make a move here. Uh, you know, there might be more local plays, other international guys. Remains to be seen. Um, so look, it's pretty exciting, and I think that a lot can happen between now and you know the alleged launch time of Netflix. Um, but if they come, they come, and you know, good for consumers and another choice. And uh, you know, we'll just do our best. Yep. 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 No, that's good. That's good. Um, now, in in other happenings, um, zero have been in the uh, in the media again. Um, globally, I believe, as being uh, being. Number one, uh, from an innovation perspective, Bill. Yes. Did, did, did you catch the story? It was quite quite interesting how they've uh, how they've ranked this. I mean, it's great for uh, you know, it's always great when uh, when a New Zealand company gets these uh, um, you know accolades. Um, what's what's your take on this particular um, story? Well, it's the Forbes list you're talking about. That's that's the one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The um. Well, it's obviously it's it's a it's a wonderful thing for Zero, and it's great for putting New Zealand on the map. It's there's not been many non-American companies in that in that list or near the top of that list, mm. and um, I certainly haven't seen an Australian company top it ever. Um, so it's it's ju- it's just fabulous that we should get that recognition um, coming here. It's a bit like. Bit like um, New Zealand's positioning in the movie business, in that it's a sort of specialist niche, but it's something that we do very well here mm. and um, it's world class. Um, whether it means very much in terms of sales or anything, I don't know. I think it probably, I think it probably means that Zero will find it easier to get investment from Forbes readers. Is it? I mean, how big is this? Is this thing in America? Forbes, yeah. Oh, Forbes. I mean, I know the name. Obviously, I know I yeah. know about Forbes, but um, but this particular list is it a, a particularly big thing? Are they likely to derive a you know l- large Not, amount of customers? Well, from? it's a lot. It's publicity. I mean, it's it's a bit like the um, we have innovation lists in New Zealand as well. Mm. Uh, um, the thing is, is that Forbes is the magazine that's supposed to be read by the the millionaire yeah. class in the, in the US. So um, so investors and so on will see that and think, well, okay, perhaps I should tip a few of my millions. Rod Drury's way, yeah. Um, Paul, Paul, Paul's going to tip a few of his millions into, yeah. In as a result, I think. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> but, How do you know what I'm doing with my mini millions there, Paddy? But but you see, we we can be flip about it. But the thing is, but the point is, is that once they start coming and looking at zero and so on, they can dig around a bit here and find there's actually a whole, um, there's a whole sort of 
um, market around zero with products like Vend and mm-hmm. so on and other companies. And I, I, I actually think that what this is telling us is that we're getting up on the, um, the innovation radar internationally. Now, about a year ago, I looked at this and um, it turns out that New Zealand was regarded in Silicon Valley I asked a few people from Silicon Valley you know, how New, where New Zealand rated on their radar for investment. Mm. And um, the thing was, we're not in the top five, but we're kind of in the next few. And the one that's the country that's just in front of us is Israel. So now Israel, I mean, Israel really does have a good reputation internationally for this this kind of technology and so on. Very much so. A lot of tech firms that have come out of Israel. Yeah, and Israel's got a much more mature investment. Um, you know, they're, they're much better at dealing with the money for these things and so on. And there's a little bit more, um, the government's a bit more hands-on about how um, startups and so on work in Israel too than, than our government, which really doesn't seem to have very much to do with it at all uh, at that kind of level. But if we're if we're doing um, an Israeli kind of level job, that means we're definitely on the world map. We're definitely we definitely count, and getting number one on the Forbes list is just part of that. Yeah, what what I thought was interesting, and um, Rob O'Neill wrote about this for uh, for ZDNet. He he picked up the the story as well, and uh, um, so so did NBR and 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 others. And I mean, you wrote about it as well, didn't you, Bill? Yeah. Um, was the the comment that um, Zero scored on what Forbes called what they call an innovation premium, and there was some reference to that being um, based on on I guess the um, the backing that they've had financially, share price, and so on. So this is I mean I think the the thing is outstanding, but. Maybe it's it's also saying that um, you know people have pushed up the the share price so high. Um, oh, 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 okay. Well, I, I mean, what, what was your what's your take on? Did you read anything like that into it, or or do you think I've completely uh, mi- no, mis- uh, misinterpreted it? A couple of weeks ago, I did a story for the Herald about this very point, and it's this right that American tech stocks are in a bit of a bubble. The companies mm. like Facebook and so on are overvalued. The reason they're massively overvalued is because a lot of the uh, tech champions in America are they're, they're, they're signing up customers, but they're not actually getting much in the way of revenue. So, like Twitter, for example, has a huge number, a huge customer base, but but stuff all in the way of um, revenues, um, ongoing revenues. Companies like Zero, which is a software as a service, has a software as a service model. Sure, it's spending faster than the revenues coming in, but the revenue is there. When your software is a service, people are paying you. I mean, it's, it's fifty bucks per month every month to use the software. Absolutely, and they could turn a profit yeah. you know, tomorrow if they, they decided they didn't want to grow. So precisely, quickly. they just switch the spending off, and they're profitable. Hmm. That's completely different from the Americans um, who are. There's, I mean, there's. I, I, I simply cannot see how Twitter can become profitable without destroying the very values that make people use the thing. And um, Zero just doesn't have that problem. In fact, none of the big New Zealand tech companies that are innovating have that problem. They all have positive revenue. They've got a real business. Yeah, so they've got a real business. So I, I, I'm hoping that the Forbes thing is sophisticated enough to take all that into account. I suspect it probably isn't. But yeah, I mean, I could see a, a company like Twitter could could turn a profit um, like by swapping uh, you with ads. Well, yeah, maybe not. Not I don't think they have to necessarily go to that extent. But in terms of what their profit potential is, I think that that is something that may well be over overvalued. Uh, yeah, but yeah. yeah, no, it, it's it's an interesting one. I, I was curious. I certainly uh, because I've actually been uh, been on holiday. I've sort of been casually reading some of these stories and haven't got into it with the same depth that uh, certainly you've been studying it, Bill. So uh, can I just can I just jump there. in and uh, yeah. Bill just mentioning Facebook briefly made me reminded me of a story that I read this week, which is that Mark Zuckerberg has been summoned to appear in a court in Iran. Yes. Um, because <laughs> because uh, apparently, uh, I think Facebook is banned in Iran, but uh, WhatsApp and um, Instagram are, are, are not banned, and uh, there are alleged breaches of privacy. Uh, and so the judge in Iran has summoned Mr. Zuckerberg to, to appear. 
Um, I doubt he'll go. I was going to say, I'm, I'm not definitely certain that he's going to be appearing in court in Iran. I don't believe there's an extradition um, treaty between the US and Iran or any other treaty for that so, matter. So, uh, so Iran has unfriended <laughs> Facebook. <Yeah. laughs> so anyway, that, that made me laugh, that story. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, that's brilliant. Uh now you guys sort of quite um, you know followers of the latest in uh, in gadgetry, Patty. I see you there. Uh, I'm lagging behind now. I'm model out with my HTC One, which is I think what you're looking at. Yeah, you've got uh, yeah, the original got, one. You've got last the last gen uh, model, yep, yep. but uh, I know you you know you will be getting the I've M8. Enjoyed it. Um, at some stage, weren't you? Um, not definitely. If you're no. if you're about to raise the subject that I think you're about to raise, or is the LG G three? There the, we go. The the, the product because it could be that's the one that's been uh, finally sort of formally uh, confirmed today as yep. LG's G three. Yeah, and we've got. Uh, Sitting here, the uh, the pre well the, the current generation, not the previous generation, because it's still uh, still current. The yep. uh, the G two, which is yep. as you I, know, I know well. is, a, is, a, is a really nice uh, passes it over, yeah, handset, and yep. uh, you know quite unusual in terms of the uh, you know the the little the, thing on the back, the uh, sort of uh, rocker on on the you know back below the the, the camera and so on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, today it's all about the uh, the LG G3. It looks uh, it looks fantastic. Some some pretty strong uh, pretty strong specs there with the you know I mean we're we're moving up to more the the you know the phablet type uh, form factor with the five point five inch um, screen. And uh, yeah, this this quad HD uh, display. Yeah, what, so that's two um, K, isn't it? Yeah, which is uh, which is amazing. I, I mean, it, it, look, it won't be the only one on on in the market, you know, with that kind of screen for very long, I'm sure. But um, the thing I th- I thought, I you know, I, I feel you kind of you go over five inches and it just gets un- unwieldy in terms oh, of the screen size. Ah, uh, no, but, I, I, yeah, I did some research on that very point, and it's 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 brilliant, right? The um, Research found that when people buy a new phone, there's the note. Yeah, with it. When people buy a new phone, if they've got something that's less than about four point two, four point three inches, they'll buy something bigger next time. But they stop when they get to about five, and if they've actually got something bigger than five inches, they tend to go down at their next purchase. So, in other words, the market has kind of evolved the the sweet spot in screen size, and it's about the five inch size. But here's the thing about the the G three. So I look at my HTC One, for example. I'm holding it in front of me for the benefit of our listeners who who can't see that. Um, and what I can see is there's a home button and there's a little back button, and those are not part of the screen. Now the LG G3's buttons are actually form forming part of the screen, and as a result, I I, I think it would be a little bit bigger than the uh, than the HTC One, the original one that I have. Mm. But the new HTC One, the M8, I believe that the G3. Even at five point five inches, because it's got such a small bezel um, around, you know, around it, it well, on all sides, that actually it it, it really isn't any bigger, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah well, that's interesting. I mean, we haven't got our hands on uh, on the G three just yet, but we're, I mean, we're certainly yeah. hoping to uh, pretty quickly. I'm hoping to intercept the courier. Yes, yes. Um, so, and and uh, maybe I'll get I'll get hands on that within well. Yeah, the next few days we'll 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 wait and see. Yeah. But um, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a very high definition screen, uh, fourteen hundred and forty by uh, twenty five sixty in terms of pixels. So uh, yeah, pretty outstanding sort of resol- resolution. Um, and yeah, they seem to have sort of gone gone forward a little bit further with uh, with what they've done and the uh, uh, yeah controlling volume and whatnot from uh, from the back of the phone rather than uh, and I the, like that the, I've got to say side mounted uh, buttons and so on yeah it, it, it's not one it's a completely sort of um, it, they've just gone their gone down their own path there and yet when you actually pick up a phone and you think about it I mean the idea of having something just on the back of your phone sort of just beneath the camera in the middle there. Uh, just above sort of halfway up the phone it's where your index finger often sits and it does make sense yeah and i think it, it's something it, you can just get used to really easily i think it's yeah just really good. and I, I found that using it that it, it, you do uh you do get quite comfortable with it quickly yeah, and having yeah. the, you know having the power button just at, at at the back there it's where you grab it you're not having to you know reach your finger around to a special location to to turn it on um yeah. or wake it up so yeah it, it seems uh seems nice um 
13 megapixel uh, camera, uh, 2 gigs of RAM. Mm, um, oh, actually, that's on the 16 gig version. I think they're putting 3 gigs of RAM in the 32. Okay. So, we, you know, we're seeing similar to um, yeah some of the other phones that are coming in there with, with 3 gigs, um, notably the, uh, the Xperia Z2, I think. Uh, has 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 three gigs in it. The thing I'll be interested in is the is is um, kind of how much there is on top of the basic Android. because oh. that's the real. That's one of the main things. A lot of people are divided about that as well. You know how much value you add by putting a, a, your own skin on top of Android, and how much, and is it gimmicky or is it actually just adding cool things? And you know, and then people actually love. You know, a lot of people love the just the you know stock Android. And I don't know. Be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, now they've also there's a few other interesting stock things. Android. They've got a. Um, um, a laser sort of auto-focusing um, sensor, which, which is interesting, which can uh, apparently you know focus in about a quarter of a second. Um, they've got um, a special um, uh, cover that can leave a window open to the. Uh, oh yeah, that's that's to, pretty to, cool. It's to, got a sort of circle on the front to, there. Yeah, to the to the handset, yeah. and we saw with the HTC um, similar. Uh, yeah, with theirs one was a sort of a, I guess, a panel of dots that you could see through, and it would oh. uh, display something through, uh, through that, in sort of a, uh, you know, pixelated type view, which is quite cool. Um, and and of course, um, you know, Sony have done, uh, um, Samsung have done something uh, yeah. um, similar as well. So there's a there's a few bits and pieces going on there. They've got quite a large uh, battery there with a uh, three thousand milliamp hour um, battery, although certainly not. Uh, um, unheard of to see that sort of size, particularly with a larger screen. And there was one other thing um, that jumped out at me about the G3. Now I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, there were so many little uh, little bits and pieces about it. Um, I've, I've forgotten already what that was. Well, I was going to say that I think smartphones have pretty much evolved physically to about where they're going to be. So that business of putting the rocker switch on there is probably, mm. you know, it's good to play with the format a bit, see what works and what doesn't. Mm. But I haven't really noticed anything dramatically new since perhaps the, um, the button on the iPhone 5S, the, um, with the touch ID button. Um, which is getting on for what nine months ago now. So there's there's not been anything sort of dramatic in that time, and I guess that the pace of change in smartphones is probably going to slow from here on in. Yeah, and I think I mean it already has done to uh, to some degree. I mean, we you know the uh, you know I think there was a there was a period there the first uh, you know the the from the iPhone really was where we where we saw that sort of you know big change yeah. from previous smartphones, and then quite a sharp innovation curve. Over the next sort of yeah three or four years, and now uh, yeah, it's more the sort of smaller incremental uh, uh, changes. But it, I mean, it's great to see this competition going on. Um, now, the other bit I meant that I was trying to remember before was wireless um, wireless uh, charging. So there's um, there's a wireless charging capability as well on the. Um, the LG G3. So, one more. Just talking about innovation and stuff. Mm. Um, it's it's interesting to me when we talk about screen sizes and so on. I've I've always been, despite the fact that I you know uh, I work in sort of streaming movies and TV and so on. I've been skeptical about how much how much you'll actually end up watching on your smartphone as opposed to on a tablet. Um, it's nice to have the functionality. Maybe you're on the bus or whatever. It's nice to watch a little something. But to watch anything longer than a you know five or ten minutes, so you know there's not much mileage there. A couple of points though. Number one is is LG screen is five and a half inches. That's suddenly you're thinking actually maybe I could watch something on that. You know it's not your main TV, but you could watch something. The second thing is that there's technology coming uh, pretty soon around around the the video uh, space, which is a sort of offline playback. So the idea that you're you know you can play. You can watch these things a bit like Spotify. You can cache on your device and so on your music. Mm. Well, that's going to come before very long uh, for for movies and movie services like ours. You know, we'll, that'll be pretty handy when you're sitting on a plane. It really and, will be, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So these are things that 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 in a way when it's like sort of ancillary technology develops in a way that uh, well, just in a certain way, it kind of potentially just changes the 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 way you might use your your device. You know what I mean? Mm. So so that's one to watch out for. It's interesting. 
Yep. Um, now, yeah, the, the, I mean, there, there, there's certainly um, some good changes. I think some of these changes, uh, yeah, could could have could come quicker, but you know, we, yep. we sit here and wait. Now, um, one that I was reminded about today, actually, which is, I guess it, it's uh, it's somewhat unrelated, but uh, is. Chorus with their ultra fast broadband made some announcements uh, just a few weeks ago to the um, um, through stock exchange and so on. They made some official announcements and they've brought in some new uh, price levels. And I guess this is the sort of thing, Patty, that that makes it easier as a you know provider of video services and so on. Um, is when uh, the providers offer you know better bandwidth and faster. Obviously, we've now got. Most of the major telcos offering all these unlimited plans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that will be interesting to see. Well, you know, what impact does that have on streaming now that people just don't have to think about, oh, am I streaming too much? Is this going to, you know, mess with my um, with my internet account because I'm going to go over the limit? Yeah. Suddenly, that's no longer an yeah. issue. I'm sure that's got to help sell it, your it, your type of service. It, right? de- it definitely does. Yep. It definitely does. When we launched it two and a half years ago, or it was March March two years ago. Um, you know the the data caps were you know they were a long way away from where they where they are now, uh, and they were a problem for sure. Um, I think we've got to a place now where you know most people are probably on on plans that are over fifty gigs, and sometimes you know your ISP will just announce that they've given you another twenty gigs or whatever it is, and and you know we're in a place where that you've got unlimited plans, and and you know I think I think basically everything is is already pretty much fine for streaming that certainly the thing that you that, that, that i think there's a misconception out there that the network itself the even the existing copper network is isn't good enough for for streaming video i mean that's just plain wrong um so i, th- I think really what it is is that you know people start thinking differently when when they move to a vdsl or to a fiber you know they, they, they it's a different mindset and in, in, inevitably that's accompanied by a a higher data plan and then you it, so it's really a, to me it's a sort of a perception thing in the sense that you know the network the, the copper network is good enough already to stream movies on and most people already have a data cap that's fine you know a movie is probably a gig uh you know you stream a movie it's it's about a gig so unless you're a really heavy user you're likely to be okay on all fronts already. So to me, it's, it's, this is all welcome stuff. I'm not saying that any of this isn't great. It is all great that as we, as data caps increase and as we move to VDSL and fiber and so on, I'm, a, you know, I'm a massive supporter of all of this. But, but as I say, for me, it's really about the fact that actually it's the public sort of beginning to understand, uh, and no longer being concerned about these things, uh, rather than any actual problems that there are today. Cause I, I don't actually think there are any. Well, we've got a lot of bits and pieces, I guess, that are all moving at slightly different speeds, and yeah, together we get some reasonably good, you know, out, outcomes yeah. when all of those things sort of you know line up together. Yeah. Um, Bill, I know you've been watching pretty closely the the, the changes uh, as far as chorus. Now, effectively, what that one of the things that they that they announced uh, earlier on uh, in the month was the. Uh, 200 gig um, yeah. data plan, which they or 200 gig uh, broadband or 100 200 slash 100, um, that's now become a sort of a mainstream offering for them. Yeah, um, I, I actually had that story, believe it or not, about six months ago when I interviewed Victoria Crone and she she told me this is this is coming, and I'm surprised that no one else picked the story up after me. That the 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 secret source in all this is that. The um, the hundred thirty, the hundred fifty, the thirty ten, and so on. Those are all regulated by the Commerce Commission. Anything faster is unregulated, which means that Chorus doesn't have to answer to anyone selling it. Now, if they're really clever, and this is what they seem to have done, if you price those super duper services at roughly the same as the regulated services then suddenly you can switch from having every single one of your customers, every single one of your connections being a regulated service to almost none of them being a regulated service. If you make them attractive enough and yeah. get people In, in other started. words, you, do so, you, you offer people so much more than they would get from regulation for, for effectively little or no extra cash. You've, you've effectively um, got around regulation, not by trickery or being, uh, you know, or getting the lawyers out or whatever, but by actually being far better 
than the government or the regulator or the Commerce Commission in this case is asking for. Yep. So well, the government has to set some sort of yeah. benchmark, don't they? But isn't that and of brilliant? course they they don't mind if anyone improves. Nobody nobody minds. No, so uh, exactly. yeah, yeah. So 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 in fact, it it just goes to show just how powerful and valuable that that whole regulation is. Where Chorus said, "Well, you know, okay, let's 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 do a lot better than that and get the get the monkey off our back." So the and the key one that they've introduced. Um, so just as a reminder for everyone, the ultra fast broadband, you know, fibre internet to your home, your business, and so on. The base one was you know thirty megabits down, ten megs up, and what Chorus have said for virtually the same price. I think it's two dollars fifty more a month in terms of the uh, you know the the, the raw wholesale price. Um, They'll they'll deliver a hundred megabits uh, down and twenty megabits up, mm. and then the price of that will increase annually over the next um, six years or five years um, by by a dollar a year. Yeah. So forty dollars a month compared to thirty seven fifty, um, a far superior service, and you know I think it's going to be extremely uh, extremely popular. Yeah, I think I think. To me, this is a much better way. This is a much better way forward for Chorus than to constantly be battling the Commerce Commission and going to court and yeah, you know, and, and spending its time lobbying and so on. Why don't you just get on and crank the speed up and um, you know beat the regulator that way? One more thing about um, movie streaming and stuff over fibre is is that. Um, you know what I was saying before. There's a public perception problem around data caps and all the rest of it. Hmm. Stand by all of that, but there's no doubt that when, when when everyone's on fiber, you know, you can be doing all sorts of things. You can be, you know, because once once that's widespread, we'll also be in the world of high def. And well, I mean, we're already there, but 4K and all sorts of things. Those do require faster internet speeds, and you know, and the and the way that the fiber is going to be set up in New Zealand, you know, straight into the premises. You know, it, it it just means that you'll be able to be watching three different things and or five different things in. You know, 4K def and all the rest of it, or whatever the next number is, and uh, you know that's it, it. Just allows so much more to to you know to become possible. So it's it is really exciting. Yeah. Or speaking as someone who works from home, I will be able to carry on working normally while the rest of the family is in the other room watching something. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, and and on multiple screens. And I guess you know with with the with the 4K um, here from from Samsung, I'm looking forward to. Uh, uh, plugging that into the Mac Pro, actually, I think that is going to look uh, look look pretty awesome. Um, playing around with some video editing there, but um, having having that, you know, we need all these bits and pieces lined yeah, up, sure. don't we? We yep. need you, Patty, to uh, um, to you know kick the butts of whoever it is um, that provides content yep. to you guys, so yep. that you guys can get that pulling through at 4K. Yeah, uh, we need the the, the fat pipes from. Um, Chorus and Telecom and Vodafone and all the other ISPs to be able to uh, deliver. We need the TVs. You know, there are lots and lots of pieces. And I guess the the good thing at the moment is we are seeing uh, continued development really on all fronts. I don't yep. think we can we can say things are you know standing standing still in in any particular area. Um, you know, there, there, there's good movement. Some areas may be better than others, yep. uh, but you know, it's it's a great place to be at the moment. And in terms of definition, I mean, you're going to see. 4K streaming um, far faster than any kind of broadcasting. Um, that much is certain. So, um, yeah, fiber alongside that is critical. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I guess, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's much easier to deliver uh, innovation in terms of video content through a, an internet channel uh, than it is through uh, broadcast TV would be uh, would be my my thoughts. Yep. Um, although we do do owe a, a slot to the uh, the the, the uh, team from Freeview at some stage, so we must uh, catch up with them. On, oh no, they uh, have internet capabilities what, as well on, on the Freeview doing. platform. And right, so they're the next generation of, of the mix, isn't of TVs um, coming through Freeview. Um, HBB TV, Paul, a term I know you're familiar with. That's hybrid broadcast broadband television, or it might be broadband broadcast, but whatever it is, the next generation of TVs. So, and they've uh, that's officially signed up for uh, for Freeview now. I don't know what the exact timing is, but it's the next generation. It's coming. It is, yeah. Uh, and uh, you know that's going to have uh, that, that has that interactive side. Mm, Current mm. Freeview technology has that interactive side already. So um, yep, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm not. I don't mean to point fingers. I just mean yeah. that you know you deliver stuff over the internet. It's far easier to do than than over traditional know, broadcast. Effort, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Good, good. Uh, now, I don't know if either of you caught this, but uh, Apple. There was a, a lot floating around uh, online uh, last night, and 
this was sort of happening as I was in the air between New Zealand and, and Australia, but there were certainly uh, a bunch of tweets about it as I got off the uh, off the plane last night. Um, that Apple uh, users have been um, having some sort of ransom issues with um, their their devices getting uh, taken over yeah. uh, by hackers. Bill, have you been uh, have you followed this one at all? Yeah, a little bit. I read a few things on this um, earlier today. I get I from, read, from my reading, I get the impression that it's when people's um, passwords have been compromised because they there's been a leak somewhere else, not necessarily through Apple. And they've used the same password for their Apple devices as they've used on the other service. So, I mean, let's just say, for example, they came through on, you know, maybe it was they came through on something like um, Facebook or whatever. Um, They would have, um, sorry, if they had their password compromised on something like Facebook. eBay is probably the the, the most current uh, story, isn't it? Well, it could be eBay, yeah, but whatever it is, it's where they've had their password compromised somewhere else um, and the the hackers have uh, tried that one with their Apple account and lo and behold, they've got into it. Um, Well, you know, welcome to 2014. (laughs) Well, I guess you know the 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 big reminder there, really, and uh, well, well, we'll talk about eBay in a in a moment, but it all it all ties together there, really. Um, you know, there are always going to be risks of of security issues, um, but the the really big one for for everyone, and, and I know we often can be a little bit uh, lazy with our security um, from one degree to to another, but is you know, do not use the same password a, a, across multiple systems and work. And whatever you do, you know, find your own way of working out some way to differentiate the password that get, you use get. for, um, uh, you know, one online service from from another. And there are all sorts of varying ways to to achieve that. Yep, and that's certainly one way of doing it as long as you don't lose your last pass password. Well, you um, can remember one. So you know, yeah, but they're, they're, they're certainly using a, a tool like LastPass is is, is one technique. But uh, yeah, don't be using the same passwords. And yeah, you know, of course, big in the news was you know uh, last week um, eBay, of course, sort of the the, the international competitor to uh, uh, you know to trade me, uh, having I don't know what they've done wrong with their security to allow. Uh, their passwords to be hacked. They, they're a big enough organisation; they should be able to keep those uh, secure. But uh, you know, the, the the word is that uh, a lot of that information's got compromised. They're very slow about actually officially asking their users to reset their passwords. But uh, um, you know, again, the same rules apply. If you've got an eBay account uh, or or a TradeMe account or whatever, just keep you those passwords scary different. About that, though. You know what's really scary about that? eBay is the parent company for, for PayPal, mm. um, which would like to be a bank. So, yes, <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, all sorts of organisations have have hassles, but uh, yeah, I I was pretty surprised at this one. And um, you know, an organisation, I guess, of their sort of stature, shouldn't have this uh, type of issue. Their passwords should be stored in such a way that that nobody can ever. Uh, ever grab them like, uh, you know, apparently they have. So, uh, yeah, I guess a, um, a word of warning to any organisation out there that, that has passwords and, and, and stores them on behalf of, uh, uh, you know, their customers, um, you've got to get this stuff right. And, you know, of course, there was the um, um, the company that tried to take on uh, Trade Me, somebody remind me the name, Weedle. Um, who famously uh, launched and, uh, um, from what I recall, um, I, I don't know if you could, if either of you can remember, but uh, when when they first launched, they had some major issues with uh, with with their yeah. security, yeah. and um, you know, I think many would have said, well, they didn't have security around their accounts, very very uh, weak and, and and poorly written, so. Um, hey, it's great having the next big idea, but you've got to, uh, yeah, companies need to take this stuff seriously. Fortunately, I think most of our, our banks and, and so on do a reasonable job of that uh, here in New Zealand. Um, Paddy, how does QuickFlix store its passwords? Um, 
we, putting you on the spot oh, here, um, and you probably don't know the answer no, technically. So they're passwords, they're also credit card details and all sorts of things like that. And we ha- we um, we use a third-party service. So um, You store them in clear text and yeah. make them available for download to any hacker uh, at well, a Well, Paul, talk to me after the, after the broadcast. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. So look, we, store, we store them with a sort of accredited third-party uh, who have all the appropriate uh, measures in place. Uh, we hope. Uh, well, they do. Um, so, yep. Yeah, so, so uh, I think I think it's all done done appropriately. The other so, so the other side of the security thing for you know for my uh, in my space is uh, is DRM and stuff like that, which is uh, often much maligned by uh, many people who who um, you know who, who don't like these kinds of things. And uh, it, it's a, it's it's one that we have to work with all the time. And um, you know we license content from from people, and we have to take all measures possible to uh, ensure that they're not um, you know that content isn't isn't duplicated or uh, you know just dealt with in a way that the content well the rights holder doesn't want so um, that's the other uh, major issue for for a service like ours yeah 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 I'm sure you've got to be uh, you've got to be particularly uh, particularly careful uh, now the Vodafone have made a, an interesting uh, announcement today around uh, Roaming and this one was interesting because I've just, as I mentioned earlier, been uh, been in Australia uh, for for a few days. And what I'll do it in in some countries is I'll get a, a, a local sim if I'm uh, yeah planning to use a lot of data and do various things. And uh, yeah, it wasn't just me there, so uh, I grabbed a couple of uh, a couple of local sims and jumped through probably the most difficult process I've ever been through with trying to organise local SIM. Took over, I think, over 24 hours for the SIM cards to actually fully activate, which was just nuts. Um, with with a, an offshoot of uh, Optus, Optus over there. Um, but Vodafone are... Um, well, I was re- last week I was reading about this interesting service that Vodafone Australia offer, which is for $5 Australian a day, uh, you can take your existing uh, calling plan, texting plan, and data plan with you to a bunch of other countries, including New Zealand. And I thought, oh, that actually sounds quite uh, quite good. Uh, because one of the issues at the moment is if you take your uh, uh, yeah you take your New Zealand phone to Australia and you just do a you do a few texts, um, ten texts blows you through uh, eight dollars uh, in a day. Because um, they're eighty cents each, and and, yep. and so on, so it, it can all build up quite uh, quite quickly. So I'd read this thing, and I thought that's very nice. And uh, well, today Vodafone launched the same thing for uh, for New Zealand customers. Uh, so yeah, so some some good um, some good news here. It's uh, it's five New Zealand uh, dollars per day in which you use um, your calling, texting, or uh, or data while you're overseas. So it effectively turns whatever you do overseas into just being part of your normal yeah. plan. Yeah, 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 for for that fee. Now they're yeah, saying okay. for the first uh for the first oh is it uh I think cu- couple of weeks I've just got to uh track down the uh for the the info. Um for the first couple of weeks uh the what they're doing is if you spend under $5 in a particular day, um they'll actually they won't. They won't charge you. Uh, they won't charge you anything for that uh, service. Now it is seventeen um, destinations that it that it works in. So it's not going to work everywhere. Countries. Se- yeah, seven, seventeen countries in which it works. So I'm looking at some uh, some travel uh, in the next little while, and um, unfortunately, I think my lo- my main uh, location falls out. Outside of that, so uh, when, um, when just, just Ma- something to be aware of. And Mark Zuckerberg goes to Iran. Is that is he? <laughs> how's that going to work for him? <laughs> well, I'm not sure that he carries a uh, Vodafone New Zealand oh. sim, so oh, and um, he's, he's he's less well off for it. So um, yeah, he might have to dig into his um, uh, trillions. Oh no, he's not quite that rich, is he? How do, but, how, uh, in yeah. a serious point, how does that that five dollars? Stack up against the telecom roaming plan, which so, came out. So, telecom a while ago. Isn't, that, have, isn't that a flat $10 rate? Is that right? They've got a, yeah. a, a flat, um, a flat sort of per, per day, uh, rate, which is for, um, not exactly unlimited data, but it's specifically around the data and yeah. it's, and it's, uh, they call it sort of unlimited on a fair use, you know, policy. And I haven't heard of anyone getting pinged, but the idea is that you use it at a similar level to you'd be using your data. While you're in New Zealand, 
So, I mean, to me, this looks like probably the, the most uh, attractive offerings we've seen, which is what you expect. I mean, every, you know, three months, six months, 12 months, a new offer comes yeah, yeah. online in these various spaces, and we expect it to be a step up from yep. from what the others are doing. And it's a um, case of staying ahead of the regulator, too, because there's been talk about regulating mm. roaming and, um, you know, getting in ahead of any regulator smart move. Vodafone. Yeah, and, and I, 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 I like it. Um, and, you know, Vodafone have that advantage that they can try something out in one market and when it works well, they will tend to often uh, push it into, uh, into other countries. Well, they don't have to negotiate with another telco, do they? That's- well, certainly to, you know, to, 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 to some, some degree because, uh, you know, their, their, uh, their preference is to use their own networks in, uh, in, in some of these countries. So, uh, yeah, so good one, Vodafone, like that. And, uh, they're, one of the other things that they're, they're touting, um, is that they're also, um, offering New Zealand's first 4G roaming service. So you can now roam in, in, in a num- number of countries. Um, on a four at four G LTE type speeds, which hasn't um, uh, well, no no one else is providing it at this stage, as far as I'm aware. So, uh, very all very nice to have those top speeds, uh, especially when you're not getting uh, when you're not getting stung uh, too much for um, you know for the, for the use of of these things. So, uh, yeah. Um, oh, the one thing I just wanted to jump back to on the LG G three. Um, we are still waiting. We, we've had a, um, some details through from LG locally, and it, I mean it's definitely coming to New Zealand. But what we don't know yet is exact pricing and, and availability. You know, we're, we're thinking, um, um, you know, poten- potentially um, end of June. But it's all. I mean, it's uh, you know the announce- the global announcements really just only just come out in the last. Uh, Last few hours, and so uh, once we've got a little bit more on that, and, and we've had some hands-on, um, we'll be uh, we'll be we'll be coming back on on that with a little bit more uh, more detail. Um, now, jumping back to the uh, the agenda, I think there was uh, there was one other topic there to talk about. Bill was um, knee was supercomputer um, attacked. Uh, in the last few days, and um, the attack came in from uh, Chinese IP addresses. The government is sort of playing it down. What are they after? That's what I want to know. Is it, it's the weather, isn't that the weather forecasting system? Yeah, well, um, I mean, Niwa obviously, yeah, look, looking after uh, you know weather forecasts and and uh, you know all, all sorts of you know yeah. modelling and so on. You know, some very advanced uh, you know computing involved in in the sort of science that that they deal with. I think it's a. I think it's not. I mean, unless there's stuff, on, unless there's sort of top secret stuff on there that we really want to worry about. I suspect that it's a matter of um, the Chinese just saying, "Well, look, you know, we can we can own your data whenever we want. Here we go." I think it's a statement of intent rather than a um, than anything particularly aggressive or scary. Yeah, there were. I mean, there were two other things that were banded around. One was, uh, you know, by 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 getting in there. You know, someone had some some thoughts that maybe from there that they could get into government systems. Um, the other one that um, sounded a, a little bit uh, maybe more more plausible um, to me was um, you know taking over some supercomputer with with a, a lot of power actually uh, yeah it could be valuable for all sorts of naughty and endeavors as well so could I mean, be a there's training been, exercise as well. there's all yeah there are all sorts of things so uh yeah it could be something that they that they do in certain uh, parts of the world i mean we we hear of uh terrorist training that camps that happen in certain countries uh there might well be some hacker training sessions that happen in other places and of course just because it comes from a chinese ip address um you know it doesn't mean that this this work is actually originating in, in China, it could really be uh, no, for, for, from from anywhere. That's a very good point, actually. And the other thing is, it doesn't mean it's official Chinese hacking either. Which is, I mean, if, if, if we were sitting here in America, we'd probably be discussing whether the weapons are armed right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think that that actually brings us to the end of uh, the end of our agenda. So, um, 
So, yeah, that, that wraps us up for this week. Thank you very much, uh, Paddy, for joining us. Great pleasure, Paul. Thanks for having me. Now, where do we track you down online? You're, you're on Twitter occasionally, aren't I, you, I, these days? I am on Twitter. A bit more than you used to be. banter with you from time to time. Occasionally. Um, uh, I am at Paddy Buckley. And, uh, and online, uh, sorry, online we are www.quickflix.co.nz and uh, turn on pretty much any of your smart devices around the house and go and find our app one way or another. Excellent, excellent. And Bill, you're very easy to track down online as well, aren't you? Yeah, billbennett.co.nz, billbennettnz on Twitter. Um, if you type Bill Bennett into Google in New Zealand, you'll probably find me, hopefully. I think so. I think so. <laughs> and, and yeah, pretty much the same for me. If you want to track me down, um, sure via Google and, um, yeah, at Paul Spain on, on Twitter. Um, always nice, nice to hear from people via the, uh, the Twitter sphere if you're a tweeter. Um, and of course, nztechpodcast.com and, uh, nztechpodcast is also across, uh, Twitter and the other social networks. So, hey, thanks everyone for listening in. Uh, we've got some interesting topics coming up over the next couple of weeks. So, uh, do stay tuned. And, uh, if you visit our, uh, our parent website, globalvoicemedia.com, um, there's links there through to some of our other uh, podcast content. Uh, and we've, we've got uh, a lot around uh, New Zealand Music Month uh, coming online with a new New Zealand uh, entertainment podcast uh, or episode uh, due out in the next day or two as well. So that one's uh, well worth a listen if you're wanting to uh, keep up to date with what's been happening uh, with New Zealand Music Month. All right, that's us. Thanks, everyone. Catch you next week. See ya.